The Double Doink Podcast is officially sponsored by Manscaped. Fresh ball fall is upon us, and you need to be in the festive spirit. Light a candle, get some pumpkin spice, and make sure your balls look nice with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Nature may clear the leaves off the trees, but you'll need Manscaped's help to get you ready for the sweater weather. Get your pants puppies prepared for cuffing season with trim as refreshing as a ball breeze by going to manscaped.com and using code DOINK for 20% off everything plus free shipping. It's time for nice flannels and cozy socks, but we can't forget to trim our balls. By now, you've heard of them, but it's time to join the 9 million men worldwide who use Manscaped and get the kit that covers it all, the Performance Package 4.0. It starts with a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology that reduces nicks and cuts to make the raking the leaves a lot less painful. Once you've cleared the driveway, the Performance Package comes in hot with products to cool you down. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner one to prevent stink and one to clear it up. With a soothing aloe vera formula, move over pumpkin spice. Fresh balls are the smell of the season. The Performance Package 4.0 caps it off with two free gifts. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. That's one to hold your Manscaped goodies and one to hold your man goodies. Bring in the fall right and get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code DOINK. As the leaves fall, make sure you have it all with Manscaped. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles. We are going to recap Eagles Patriots, talk about the injuries, news that came out this week, and preview Thursday Night Football when the Minnesota Vikings travel to Philadelphia for the Eagles home opener. No one else to do it with. And the best-looking man in Denmark, Thomas Peterson. Thomas, what's going on? I mean, I'm flattered, but it doesn't say much. We're not that many people, so I don't know what to take from that compliment, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> How many people live in Denmark? Five million. Five million. You say you're the best-looking guy of five million people? Can't go wrong. Anymore. I mean, <laughs> got to aim high. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, okay, so, Thomas, you uh, you did two uh, film breakdowns on your show, too, right? I've watched Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Those are the ones yep. that are up. Um, very impressive. Like if you have if you're not subscribed to Breaking the Birds channel, Thomas's YouTube channel yet, please do. It's the best Eagles video breakdowns you can get on the internet. Thomas did two players, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Like I said, I think it's the best place to start. Um, what did you see from these two guys? We'll start with Jalen Carter. I told you before the podcast, you looked very happy doing the the review. Um, it was like yeah. a kid in a candy store. I know you love line play, so this is kind of right up your alley. So right. what did you see from Jalen Carter in his Eagles debut? I mean, a kid in a candy store where the candy is just, it's so overwhelming. Like, it's the chocolate factory. You don't know what to say. Like, if it's a, if it's a small candy store, you run around, you're happy, you're picking up the candy. This one, there was a candy store you just walk into, you just go, oh, my God. <laughs> that was kind of, uh, that's kind of how I felt. I mean, it was just, um, it was stupid because usually when you, when you pick out plays, or when I pick out plays for these breakdowns, I take, some of the good, some of the bad, and have to kind of shuffle through 60 snaps and then pick up maybe 10, 15 plays. Here I could just take it from one rep after the other. Like I didn't have to do any any clipping or any sorting. I could just go in a chronological order of all the plays he did, and it was just absurd, 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 absurd. There was one was- part, there was one part in the I think it was before he did like the club spin move. You're going, I I didn't even have to switch place here. I'm going to <laughs> yeah. <over> here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, the fun thing was that uh, now naturally the clips that get thrown around on Twitter are the ones where he's 
where he's quickly winning a rep or, or something like that. But even the plays where he doesn't necessarily uh, win, he's trying off different types of pass rush moves that I, frankly, I've never seen a defensive lineman try before. Like he's he is so advanced in his technique, and he is he's confident in himself to a level where he's trying these things out, and that's just that is so incredibly fascinating to see from a guy playing his first NFL game ever. Um, so that, that stood out. I mean, he's confident. He believes in himself. You can clearly tell that, uh, you, you have a lot of these rah-rah players that when they say, I'm, I'm going to win defensive player of the year. I really think when he said that he felt he had a chance, like he said that during, uh, I think it was before training, training camp, even around OTAs probably. And man, can he bag it up? Like it's, it's, that, that's really fun. Uh, yeah, then uh, Jordan Davis is really taking a step forward. And this was the – we talked about it. The, the first game where he played over 30 snaps here in his career, got his first sack. He was a lot more mobile running around out there despite playing the most snaps ever in the game for him. Uh, the play he got out and forced to fumble on Seek, like, holy shit, he bends around a, an offensive lineman, comes out there in the flat and then makes, and, and forces a fumble like – that big man making that type of play is just—it's stupid. Uh, that was the biggest game of the of the of the day, or biggest play of the day. Sorry. Yeah, um, like yeah. That, like that forced fumble put them in put them in range for the touchdown to go up sixty nothing. Yeah. Without that, they don't win the football game, right? They lost by five. Look, there weren't anyone close to Ezekiel Elliott that play either. So it like it was either going to be a forced fumble at that point, or it was going to be like a twenty yard pickup, if not more. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest takeaways from the Jalen card, I'll start there from your video, is his get off. How quickly he hits the offensive lineman. Like you, if you look, like when I was when you were doing the breakdown, you have the other players in the in the shot, right? You have the whole defensive line, the offensive line. Carter's hitting his player. His hands are on the guard, their center, or whoever he's lining up. Always first, like every single play, he's always the first man engaging. That was one of my bigger takeaways, and the like the amount of pass rush moves he has, his ability to swim, club, spin, move, like he did it all on one play. It's 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 awesome to see from a kid his yeah. first NFL game, man. Uh, it was like as good as a debut as you can ask for. And the Jordan Davis one, it's nice to see the pass rush get there and start to and start to um, develop. But man, his run defense is awesome. You had this one yeah. clip in the Jordan Davis video where he takes on a double team, um, and then sheds off it immediately and gets and gets a run stop for for two yard. I think it was like a two yard gain something. Yeah. Like that. We, we um, talked about it immediately after the game that whenever they ran up the middle and on Jordan Davis, they didn't get anything. And I mean, that just backed it up when you're watching the uh, the tape afterwards. Yeah. So, if again, if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen those videos, make sure to go check out Thomas's YouTube channel and watch those. Let's talk more about the game in general. Um, do you have any kind of lingering thoughts? We did about a 30-minute episode recap right after the game. So, it was kind of new to us. Usually, we have a day to dissect, but we did it right after last game. So, I kind of felt like I needed more. I needed more time to ingest. But is there anything else that you from this game that you kind of took away? Yeah, uh, I think we. Uh, I think we kind of we hit it pretty well when we when we were kind of we weren't going to give the blame too much on Brian Johnson right after the game. We wanted to see what actually happened, what went wrong, and it, yeah, there there are plays in there that that shouldn't have happened. We talked about that. The third and ten draw, the the third and eight screen. Uh, there's some plays in there that there's just bad play calling and, and shouldn't have happened. 
Um, but but really for the for the majority of the drives now, a lot goes into five three and out drives. I think they had a lot mm-hmm. goes into that. But the primary the primary key to the failure of the Eagles' offense to me was the offensive line, without question. Um, they didn't get any push in the running game. Um, I think the 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 the, the it kind of goes back to Brian Jones, but calling calling running plays for Jalen Hurst just seems like a massive waste of talent in this offense. Like if you're gonna run Jalen Hurst, if you want to have the option to run him, run RPO or run read option. But if you're just having a strict like direct snap to Jalen Hurts where he has to run, it just feels like you're taking all the other skill position players out of the offense on a play like that. And Hurts clearly didn't want to get hit like he just exactly yes yeah. sl- sliding around so it's, there's no point in calling all these runs if you don't want your exactly. quarterback to get hurt. yeah super weird mm-hmm. um but yeah lane johnson was is probably the worst game i've ever seen lane johnson play uh jordan malata was not good either. he was rough yeah um he got after it a lot more in the second half whereas lane johnson just sucked the entire game um I think Jason Kelsey was pretty good. Cam Jurgens was all right. He had a couple rough snaps, but not a, not close to the degree of of the other, the uh, the other two that I mentioned. Um, Landon Jagerson, some good, especially in the running game. Some really bad, especially in the passing game. So I don't blame Jalen Hurts for being off uh, in the second half of the game um, and, and not really seeing the field totally uh, later in the game, simply because of how bad the offensive line was. I mean, he. Why would he trust anything after what happened in the uh, in the second quarter, where it's three three and out drives and then one one run to end the half? Um, yeah, that was that was really rough to watch. Yeah, the offensive line was not good. Um, I thought Jalen Hurts when he was in the pocket, he actually did throw the ball well. Um, when they kept him in there, I don't have the exact stats to back it up, but from when I watched the second time around, like when he was sitting in the pocket, he was able to find the guys. It was when the pocket collapsed. It was something that he wasn't very – like it wasn't his strength last year was throwing on the run. It was something that they – like he's got a pretty ball, but like it's not – he's not the best at like escape plays. Like the Patrick Mahomes where you're – when it's not in structure, you can kind of have – like uh, you can have receivers change up their routes. It's something that I really wanted to get better at this year. Didn't see it in week one. Um, I, I, I The offense in general was just out of sync. We talked about it in the, in the, recap, in the, in the recap episode the day of the game. It just felt like the play calling wasn't matched up to the next play, and it wasn't no. wasn't that well oiled machine we saw last year. I think it's kind of a reminder of just maybe how well last season went, <laughs> and like it's just probably not going to be like yeah. that. Not a we'll team last year. Uh. Yeah, we were. Um, but uh, no, I have no um, no worries. Like as the unit as a whole, maybe specific players. Like I thought, Quez Watkins played way too much in this game. Um, especially, I think he, so. I have the snap counts here somewhere for Quez Watkins. I think it was 79, yeah, 79% of the snaps for Quez Watkins and only six snaps for Olamay Zacchaeus. And then you're running Jalen Hurts a lot in this game. Like, Quez Watkins is completely useless in, in the blocking. If you're going to be running Jalen Hurts, get 12 personnel out there. Like, don't run him out of 11. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Don't um, run him. So, yeah. In general, use, yeah. Don't use some him. of these four running backs you have on your roster. I mean, <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I, uh, 
the offense was just not fun to watch uh, the second time around. No. I, I thought Jalen Hurts didn't play very well, but I think my standard's higher now than normal. Like, he played enough to win. The turnover, of course, at the end was bad, but that was just a really nice hit. So he kept he, – besides that, he kept the ball. Um, he wasn't turning the ball over. Yeah. There wasn't any, like, erratic throws. But it goes back to the point, just don't don't run. I mean, mm-hmm. don't run Jalen Hurts on the sign plays. Like, if, if he reads something and can keep it, fine, because then you took out a defender on the play. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Jalen Hurts make quarterback draws on third and four, third and five. It works a lot. But when you're doing like the design runs on first and 10, second and long, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. And they did it yeah. a lot in the last game. Like in the Super Bowl, remember, like Jalen Hurts picked up a lot of first downs with his legs, but it was a lot of draw calls. Um, it was a lot of pulling guards on third and five at an empty formation. Like you were tricking the opponent. It almost felt like the Patriots knew when Hurts was going to be running. Yeah, but it, but to me it also it just it just feels like an offense that doesn't know what it wants. Like you have hurts. We, we talked about it clearly in his mind. He knows I can't get hit too much and have to slide around. And and also you're calling designed runs for him. Like there's a play where 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 um I think Jordan Malata is pulling to the opposite side. Uh, so it's a QB power. Jordan Malata pulls over, uh, pulls out to the right side. He blocks a guy. J- Jalen jumps over him, and the the first guy he meets after that he jumps over a defender, uh, he slides down. Two yard gain. It's completely bullshit. Like run, a, run with the running backs, or actually run Jalen Hurts through contact. Other, the the other thing here is just it doesn't make sense. It's waste of play calling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts when he had a clean pocket, nineteen to twenty two, for one hundred sixty yards and a touchdown. So it goes to show, keep Jalen Hurts, keep the pocket. It goes back to exactly what you said. It was the offensive line's ball. Keep a clean pocket for Jalen Hurts. He's going to pick you apart. That's an 86% completion percentage. So I, I think as long as – if the offensive, the offensive line is going to rebound, there's too much talent on it to have back-to-back games bad like that in general, just bad games throughout the season. And, the D, and I think it goes back to original point. We kind of hammered this down in the recap episode. The Patriots played really well. This yeah. is a really well-coached team. They, they brought it week one. They were not messing around, and they still lost. So it goes to show how much better of a football team the Eagles are than majority of the league. Yep. Yep. Um, defensive side of the ball, I have a couple more takeaways. Um, I thought it was Avante Maddox's worst game um, yeah. as an Eagle I've seen in a very long time, Thomas. It was Agreed. ugly when I was watching it, and the stats backed it up. Um, Avante Maddox in coverage allowed 10 catches on 12 targets for 96 yards. He was getting picked apart. Yeah, I was like Zach Cunningham had a really bad rough a rough game in coverage. Yeah, um, but I think that was kind of Cunningham in just the middle of the defense in general wasn't in sync at all. You could tell that these were all new guys, all fresh faces. That is, if if you're if I'm going to take a worry from this game, it's the middle of the defense, like for like, the whole macro standpoint of the of the of the year, because there's not fresh bodies coming in. This is it. This is what you got, and the talent was already not good enough. Um, so that's where I would be kind of worried. Like I need, we need Maddox to be better. You can't be allowing 10 catches on 12 targets for almost hundred yards. And he would like, be in a couple of missed tackles. He was ugly. And then, yeah, Zach Cunningham, nine, t- nine catches for a, on 11 targets allowed for 71 yards. You're about to see TJ Hawkinson this week. I think they better have a plan for him. I know Justin Jefferson's going to be playing number one, but TJ Hawkins is a very good tight end. Uh, so there's going to be uh, I think if you're the Vikings, that's where you're going to be attacking, but yeah, I thought the middle of defense was was rough. And yeah, do you have any? Yeah, those those that, uh, yeah. those there was a trio of poor defenders that that really con- uh, contributed to what we what we felt after the game that that everything was open underneath, and whenever they're throwing over the middle, they got away with it. Like 
Mac Jones could just lob balls over Sack Cunningham over to a, uh, a, a receiver coming on a dig or a tight end coming on a, on a 10 yard in right behind him, and it, it wasn't being punished. And that's the, the trio of uh, Avante Maddox, who sucked in man coverage and was just overall confused whenever the, the Patriots were in trip bunch formations. He couldn't pick out the guy he needed to be, to, to be accountable for. Sack Cunningham, who didn't, who, who just was, he was just bad. Like whenever yeah. he dropped back, his feet were all over the place. He didn't, he was never in control of his hips. And then Justin Evans, who was probably one of the softest safeties I've seen play from a deep middle perspective, two catches over the middle where he is at a perfect position to completely slam the tight end, Brian Dawkins style, just lower the lower the shoulder into the chest. And instead he goes for this kind of weird ballet type tackle. And probably it's because he tried to get the pass deflection, but he was in a in a, in a much in much too too poor angle to actually get the pass deflection. And he wasn't physical enough to make the hit. So it just ended up being nothing at all. He, if he was just a tad faster, I'm looking at you, Sidney Brown. He would have had two interceptions in this game because Mac Jones had a couple of balls. He just leaped down the field. Evans was this close to getting it. Um, and a little bit faster, that's two interceptions. So, yeah. Um, Avante Maddox, I don't have a replacement for. I don't have anybody on the team that will say, nah, you you should be replacing Avante yeah, he, Maddox. Yeah, he has to play and he has to play better. Straight yeah, up. he has to play and he has yeah. to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's being paid to play better. We know he can mm-hmm. do it. He's done it before. Now, Justin, Evan, uh, Justin Evans, I would just uh, quickly uh, kick off to the bench and then put in Sidney Brown instead because I would much rather Sidney Brown make mistakes and learn from that as a rookie who has the intangibles to play safety. We, we've seen that. I'd much rather have him learn on the job and make these mistakes and then, then get better than what Justin Evans has shown. And just that from a pure speed and, and athleticism standpoint, Sydney would have contributed big time to this game mm-hmm. uh, against the Patriots. Then Seth Cunningham, I mean, the Eagles linebacker situation is just stupid. Um, yeah. The, the Justin Evans thing is weird, Thomas. Like I was thinking back, like when was like, why are they so obsessed with him? Why is he starting week one? Like he hasn't played football in three years. Like he literally hasn't started the NFL in three seasons. He's been injured. And like, it's not like training camp. Like we were hearing reports that he's playing so well. The, the, like the need to play him week one as a starter is kind of fishy in my yeah. opinion a little bit. I also I noticed they took him out a couple of times where and put Terrell Edmonds in instead. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because Edmonds did any better, quite the opposite. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the tape from this game and you have a rotating safety room where you wouldn't want to announce a starter already week one, I don't see any due diligence needed to be paid to these better bitterness guys. Like, exactly. just put in Sidney Brown. Let's mm-hmm. let's go. Let's roll with it. Like live and die by it. He was your third round pick. He's gonna make mistakes. Yeah. Like let's get him out of the way early. And he's clearly the more athletic player and and a player you want to feel with playmaking ability. So right. I agree. I, I, Sydney Brown. Sydney Brown needs playing time on Thursday night. Like he he didn't play one defensive snap on on week one. That that can't happen. That can't happen. And also with Reed Blankenship probably out. It's also gonna yes. like it's it's gonna be. It's gonna figure itself out. Like he has to yeah. get on the field because there's no way they're chopping up. They're going out there and putting out uh, uh, Edmonds and and Evans. It's that's yeah. just waving the white flag. Yeah. So let's talk about it. The injuries um, are a, a little bit of an issue right now with the Eagles. Nicobe yeah. Dean um, is went on went on injured reserve yesterday, so he's out for at least four games. Um, Kenneth Gainwell and Reed Blankenship both have rib injuries. Fletcher Cox is also a ribs, right? So what's going on? What's the uh, Bradbury's, uh, Bradbury's concussion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradbury's concussion. So 
Sounds like Gainwell and Blankenship are not going to play. Um, we haven't got the injury reports yet, but they're right. going to be out um, like 99%. Uh, Mike Garofalo had a report today. That I thought uh, Fletcher was an ankle as well. He had an MRI on his yeah. ankle, for sure. So Gainwell is going to be out. Um, Garofalo basically confirmed that he's very tied into the Eagles. Um, and then Bradbury's uh, not going to make it off. Blankenship doesn't sound like he's going to play, and Bradbury is a concussion. It's too too early of a t- uh, turnaround for him to get clear concussion protocol. So we're yeah. probably looking at Josh Job starting on the outside across from Darius Slay. We're probably looking at Christian Ellis. Um, he also looked really rough in week one, Thomas. He, he was not good at all. Um, so I'd like to see I maybe. told you. Nick, told you in the, in the training camp. Yeah, you were. I, I'm still got hope. Still have hope a little bit. But I don't know if he, like you can give him the green dot and throw him into Kobe Dean's role. Like I, it just, that seems a little too much. Right at the gate, um, but I, I expect Nicholas Morrow to kind of get some to get some run at linebacker as well um, on on Thursday night, and then uh, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be replaced by DeAndre Swift, Bo- uh, Boss Scott, and Rashad Penny is going to start. We'll talk about Penny and the running backs in a little bit, but yeah, that's uh, that's the injury roundup. It's hey, look, they were really healthy last year, um, and I brought this was something I brought up during our preview episodes like when we were talking in the off season a lot. James Bradbury and Darius Slay started all seventeen games last season. That wasn't going to happen again. Like they, these these young quarterbacks were going to get on the field at some point, and it happens in week two. Hopefully, Bradbury's concussion isn't serious. It sounds like he's going to be okay probably for week three, which is good news. But it's time to see what Josh Jones got. He made that really nice tackle in the in the divisional round against the Giants late in the game when they were up 38-7. He smoked, I think it was Richie James. He had a really nice play on. He had a nice special teams play. He's a guy that the Eagles love in the building, so it's um, exciting for him to get an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's um it's about time somebody else and and some of these young guys come in and get a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll be we'll be super frustrated with him. He plays horribly, and and then I mean, that's what it is. But but it yeah, definitely a possibility for that. It'll be for sure. it'll be good to see. It'll be good to see. If you're like me, you were tired of trying to find jeans that fit right, no matter your build, and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dang Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor, and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And, of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, Pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off your order at SweatTaylor.com. The Double Doing Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard. It's especially hard when you don't have someone you can open up to. Not everyone is comfortable talking to their friends and family about their personal matters or anything that is bothering them on a day-to-day basis. Mental health is so important to continued success in this world. Therapy is a great way to regroup and get everything off your chest. Insert BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy service, 100% online. They will match you with professional licensed therapists you can trust. You can talk with your therapist however you see fit, by a text, phone call, or video chat. BetterHelp has successfully helped over 4 million people worldwide deal with their day-to-day mental health issues. Use the link in the podcast description to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Okay, let's dive into the matchup. So the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night. 
Um, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings offense versus the Philadelphia Eagles defense. So the Minnesota Vikings offense last week um, kind of sputtered a little bit. Uh, turnovers were a big problem. They had three turnovers last week, two Kirk Cousins fumbles, um, and one interception. They lost to Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, on the, in their season opener, so they're going to be hungry coming in. Um, the big big thing with the Vikings offense right now is the injuries up front. So their center, Garrett Bradbury, was ruled out today, so he's not going to play. Um, and then um, Schlott, Andrew Schlottman, I believe his name is, is going to be replacing him, the backup center. I just want to confirm Austin. Austin Schlottman, is that his name? <laughs> Austin Schlottman, correct, um, is going to be replacing him. Uh, Pro Football Focus did not have good grades on him, but hey, look, I'm not, I don't have a backup center intel here. I don't know how awesome it is. Um, but Christian Darisaw is also the big one here. He is, he was limited to practice. He's listed as questionable. He is a star in the making. He's one of the better offensive tackles in the league. If he's not playing, then that kind of opens up the gates for the edge rushers. But um, outside of injuries and whatnot, what are you looking for in this matchup? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Eagles defense and how they're going to be doing uh, against a what should be a much better passing attack than what Patriots were presenting. Um, and, and just to see if the D-line can kind of actually get home with some of the pressure here. Uh, it, I think teams are going to be looking at, at the Patriots' um, approach to the defense, and they're, they're going to be copying that. So I would uh, I hope that we're going to see Sean uh, uh, Sean Desai come out and and actually have some plans to take away the underneath stuff and maybe gamble a little a little bit more on uh, on, on deep stuff. Um, what I mean by that is basically having more guys play man man and then not having safeties over the top to it and allocate some of those safeties to being able to play underneath so the linebacker is more free to carry the running backs coming out the flat or running backs coming over the middle or or so on and so forth. Um, and then rely more on the D line getting home with the pressure, much, much, much so rather than blitzing. Because whenever you're blitzing, you're always going to have a hot receiver to that side who's basically not counted for in the same way because you want to disguise your blitzes. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit more conservative approach as to less blitzing and a little bit more of press in the sense that we want the quarterback to hold the ball for just about two and a half seconds and then bang on Carter, Davis, uh, Hassan, Fletcher, uh, and uh, and Sweat getting home with the pressure. Because I think they showed that they'll able, they're able to do that very much so against the Patriots. And like you have defensive line that is so talented as pass rushers, and they were so successful with it in week one. Your safeties are very questionable. Your linebackers suck, and you're injured a corner. So you're going to have to gamble a little bit here, I think, um, to 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 make big plays on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stopping uh, stopping the passing attack is going to be the key here. The Vikings' run offense was awful against Tampa. Alexander Madison had like 14 carries for 38 yards. Good start starting up with my fantasy team. I actually was high on Madison this year, and uh, well, he didn't look like he had zero juice at all. So I think Tyson Chandler might be taking over that running back room. Buccaneers also have really good linebackers That's and really true. good D-line. So. And, and Vita Vey, yeah. But the Eagle, Eagles defense did a really good job of stopping the Patriots rushing attack. I'm assuming if you're the Vikings, you're going to attack through the air. Like, you don't even want to try to run up the middle on the on the Eagles. It's going to be a whole lot of just, Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. Um, and the last year when, when the Eagles played the Vikings, of course, everyone remembers Darius Slay's performance against the Vikings. It was the second highest coverage grade of the uh of the year according to pro football focus he had two interceptions he was targeted eight times only allowed two catches and he also had a pass breakup it was arguably Darius's best game in my opinion as an eagle it was the most like 
exciting, I guess, because it was on prime time. He, he was shutting down Justin Jefferson. He was confusing Kirk Cousins. So I think I would let like, – if I'm Desai, I'm letting Darius Slay follow Justin Jefferson around, no? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way in shape or form you want Josh Job to end up on Justin yep. Jefferson. Agreed. So uh, expect a lot of that Slay-Jefferson matchup again. Um, Al – or uh, – Sorry, uh, who was Jordan Addison? That's the name I was thinking of. Jordan Addison, um, the first round pick at a touchdown last week, got on a big other thing, a 40 plus yard uh catch. He was on my fantasy bench as well, so he's going in the starting lineup this week. Madison out, um, have to start uh Addison, unfortunately, but uh, you're playing against Josh Job. It's a, it's a good matchup for the Vikings. I'm assuming they're going to try to attack that quite heavily. Jordan Addison was a highly touted prospect, he was a first round pick. Um, he's got some juice, so not an easy matchup for Josh Job coming out the gate. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tricky, but uh, I mean it's gonna be like that every week. Like there's so many good receivers in the league right now, so you're always gonna face a duo that has like two really good players. Um, of course, last week would have been a lot easier to get in and play the whole game. Uh, but then again, like Jordan Addison's a rookie, so I th- like Josh has a little bit of upper hand in that re- in that regard. He's seen a little bit more in the league. Um, it's a better matchup than say like <laughs> just a quick like if you're going against dk metcalf and, and tyler lockett you're like you're, you'd be fucked in, in your if that's your first game that you're going to be mm-hmm. starting so i think that in that way i think he matches up a lot better with addison if he actually has to travel at Addison now I don't, i'll say that's i mean that's a pretty good start like you're mm-hmm. not asking him too much in that point um he should be able to hold his own i'm expecting him yeah. to at least uh at least go 50 50 uh with with jordan mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I brought up uh, T.J. Hawkinson, um, the Vikings offense was a lot better when they acquired T.J. Hawkinson yeah. last year. The offense just kind of took over to another level. I'm expecting him to be very active in this game, especially against the middle of the Eagles defense. So they got their hands yeah. full. Vikings this have this a lot what of Sidney Brown is made for. He's made for matchups mm-hmm. against guys like T.J. Hawkinson. He needs to, mm-hmm. like he can use his size and his speed to compensate for that physicality that that uh, a T.J. Hawkinson would present. So yeah, that'll be my approach to it. Yep, not an easy matchup. Vikings have a good uh, good offense, but the Eagles yep. should be able to hold their own. Um, and I think this is more exciting, like the Eagles' defense versus the Vikings' offense. I'm really looking forward to. Let's flip sides of the ball here: Eagles' offense versus the Vikings' defense. So, so just some injury um, catch up here. So, um, God, who's the why Marcus Davenport? Marcus Davenport. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was I was blanking on his name there again. Marcus Davenport is questionable with ankle injury. He didn't play week one. He was kind of their big signing um, this offseason on the defensive side of the ball, him and Byron Murphy, the cornerback. The Vikings pass rush didn't really do well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had one sack on 25 dropbacks, so they didn't get home to Baker. They were putting a little bit of pressure on him, but they couldn't finish a job. Baker's not like the hardest quarterback to sack down, so the Eagles offensive line is a big mismatch, in my opinion, against the Vikings D-line. Like, they should be dominating this matchup. It should is probably mm-hmm. the keyword. I'm not expecting it just based on the like coming off of a week one, but yeah, they should. I mean, there's Daniel Hunter is probably the only guy I can think of there that will present problems if Marcus Davenport doesn't play. So, I mean, it should be, but I said that again, the, the Patriots as well, when you're going through, they have, they have more guys like just wise and, and, and Matt Judon and like, and I think Keon White played really well for the Patriots as well. Yeah, like, I don't think there's an X factor like that on the line here for the um, uh, for the Vikings that that should present issues in that regard. But uh, and also just don't think that that um, that the Vikings are are set up as well from a, from a coaching standpoint. Like Brian Flores is really talented, sure, but he's not Bill Belichick. 
Um, it's also a new new team, new system, new everything, new players. Yeah. Right. Like this is a, this isn't the Miami Dolphins team that he was running. This is different, right? So he's yeah. he has got uh, he's got some catching up to just like the Eagles coordinators have to, right? They're kind of all in the same boat here. Um, couple more points on the Viking on Blind Flores. I wanted uh, I wanted to throw your way. He blitzed forty nine percent of the times <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Week One. Yeah, what was at a fifty percent rate? Now Brian Flores is known for man coverage and blitzing schemes. That's what he did in New England. He brought that to Miami. These very aggressive defense, but. 50 I'd expect insane. that to happen again. Yeah, yeah I, I, expect, I expect that to continue because the Eagles don't have like typically, and and we talked about this a lot last year as well. The Eagles' passing offense is for some reason always so slow developing. Like there are very little hot reads to go through when when teams are blitzing, and it always leaves Jalen Hurts just standing around wondering a little bit in the pocket of where to go with the ball. It always looks so awkward when the Eagles are being blitzed on offense because. There's basically nowhere to go with the ball uh, necessarily. So, yeah, I think they're going to be setting a, a, a ton of pressure, five, six, sometimes seven-man pressure with cover zero or cover zero bracket uh, or shell underneath it. And I think it's going to confuse the hell out of the Eagles. And I don't think they're going to have the offensive system ready to 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 cope with it. Um, anything else on the passing attack? Like the, the Vikings cornerbacks aren't strong. Um, like Byron Murphy kind of got picked apart um, by Mike Evans last week. He struggled against him. Um, I'm trying to remember the other corner across from uh, Byron Murphy's on the left side. Um, I think Makai Blackman got some reps in as well for them. And then Akilab Evans is, sorry, the right quarterback. He actually played well against Chris Godwin. Um, I think Chris Godwin only had like 45 yards or something like that. He was the better of the two. I really yeah. like Byron Murphy um, as a free agent signing. I wanted the Eagles to take a look at him if they weren't going to yeah. get James Bradbury back, but he did not have a good opening day. So this is another matchup where the Eagles have the advantage here. A.J. Brown, Devon Smith are better than the guys in front of him. Um, and then in, in the middle of the defense, Ivan Pace Jr., their linebacker who was undrafted, or what might have been seventh-round picker undrafted, ton of hype in training camp from the kid. Um, he started. He is the green dot player, and he also did play very well in their opening game against Tampa. Like the This is a way better offense than Tampa Bay's offense. And Tampa was still able to put up some points and get some yards. So the Eagles offense should be able to do that. Now let's talk about the running game, Thomas. Uh, Cause when I rewatched the game, one of my biggest disappointments with the Eagles offense was the rushing attack. They couldn't get, they couldn't get anything going in, in the no run push, game. Push, no um, moves, nothing. No. So Rashad that's, Penny. it has, there it is. Rashad Penny needs run in this game eagles only had 31 rushing yards between the tackles in week one 31 that's it rashad penny averaged four point or 5.9 yards per carry between the tackles last year feed him give him the ball give him some run heck yeah, yeah 15 10, 15 20 touches let him go. You, you signed him for a reason. Like it, now, Gainwell's you're not going to play. He's like, going to be pissed that he didn't get activated in week one. Exactly. Yeah. Give I'm him a reason as to why he should be activated every week. Yeah. Let's go back to what works with the Eagles. They're the, they're at their best when they're running through the middle between the tackles and power run schemes. That's when the team looks the best. It opens up the passing game. They need to kind of get back to square one here. And I think this is a perfect team to do it against. Perfect night to, um to do it week yeah. two. I know everyone's going to want to see the Jalen Hurts show. Uh, get the I'm, hell out of here! Never like just just take all the the Jalen Hurts designed runs, and just throw it in the in the yeah. trash can, and just put in Rashard Penny, and you go like you can go read option. That's fine, but god damn it, run it with yeah. Rashad, please. Hundred percent agree. I think he needs a lot of run in this game. I'm expecting him to be active. There's no reason not to. Um, I was disappointed from the healthy scratch week one. They could have used him 
in that game. So um, I'm expecting a heavy dose for Sean Penny. And we'll see if DeAndre Swift, what his role is, two touches um, in, in the first game. That's You're definitely going to see that going up. And Dallas Goddard, man, get him the ball as well. He had zero targets for zero yards. Can't happen again. He's got to he's got to get the ball. Yeah. All right. I think is it anything else on the on this matchup before we prediction time and get out of here? <sighs> no, I think we we hit the uh, we hit on the uh, the injuries. We've got to be replacing them. Yeah. No, I think we're good. All right. Uh, prediction time here. I'll start. I think the Eagles are going to come out and win this in cover. The spread currently is six and a half. It dropped from seven to six and a half. Ton of juice falling on the Minnesota Vikings over the last 24 hours. Um, I think that's a good sign. I like to fade the public. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. I think they win by 10. I think it's going to be a little feisty. Like the Vikings are going to put up points. I think it's going to go over too. I like the total. I think it's going to be a ton of points in this game. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles 34 to 24 in a high score and a fair. I think the Eagles offense gets their, their uh, groove back. I think Darius Slay has a nice interception. I think Jalen Carter has a nice day. Eagles defense kind of takes over in the fourth quarter and slows them down, but I'm expecting a high score and a fair. And I think the Eagles offense kind of gets back on track. 34 Eagles, 24 Vikings. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be enough plays made on defense to keep the score down a little bit here. Uh, I think it's going to go back and forth. Um, I, I would say I'll probably predict around maybe like three or four league changes throughout the game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be comfortable whatsoever. And I think it's going to be a lot of growing pains for the Eagles offense uh, again, just based on like we all the matchups here suggest that the Eagles offense should be rolling. I think they should against the Patriots as well. I'm expecting I'm not expecting it to be fixed over the course of four days. So uh, I'm preparing myself for a lot of questionable calls and a lot of three and outs uh, again for the Eagles offense. Uh, but I do think they're going to find their groove a little bit more, or at least I'd certainly hope so. And just based on the fact that the Eagles should have a much more talented, uh, they have a much more talented roster and should more handily be able to, to, uh, to take on the Vikings here. They're, they're also an, in, uh, an inexperienced group. Like we said, like Brian Flores also new. Uh, I have the Eagles winning on a Jake Elliott field goal, 27-24. Oh, yeah. Love it, Jake. Jake Elliott, man, NFC Player of the Week special teams. Yeah. Eagles awesome. Player of the Week. Yeah, Eagles, yeah, he was the best player on the field, maybe besides Jalen Carter. Um, okay, I think that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Thomas and I will be back some point, maybe late this week, weekend, whatever. We'll be breaking down Eagles-Vikings. Um, and then they're off to Monday, right? We got Monday, Tampa Bay Week 3. So yeah. they have a long rest. Some players can get healthy. Hopefully there's not a lot of injuries on Thursday night. Cross Make fingers. trades. Yeah, maybe add some uh, help in the, on the back of the defense. Goddamn linebacker. <laughs> linebacker and safety right now. I'm keeping an eye on all those positions up till the trade deadline. Yeah, got to keep an eye on Budabaker. Yeah. Um, so, again, thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are everywhere. Check out our sponsors, BetterHelp, Manscaped, and Sweat Taylor. And we will talk to you later.